0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. What's up, everybody? Good morning, SEC Media Days, getting started today, and a little bit of a rebrand. I don't know if this is the finished product, but we've got a, a little bit of a rebrand here, and uh, hopefully you guys like it. Hopefully this looks good, and uh, yeah, here we are. Welcome into the unofficial, I guess that's what it's called, the unofficial start of the college football season, and... Um, You know, how many starts of the college football season do we actually have, right? Because this one is the unofficial start of the college football season, yet nothing is actually getting played. And then you have the start of training camp, which is the unofficial start of college football season or something like that. And then you get uh, the uh, week zero where there's a few games in week zero this year, I think five in total, two of which are kind of interesting. That's the start of college football season. And then the first Thursday is the start of college football season, which will be September, what is that, September 4th? That's the start of college, or September 2nd. That's the start. And then uh, then that Saturday is the start. Anyway, we have so many official or unofficial starts of the college football season. This is apparently one of them. And uh, excited to talk about this with you. I'm Michael Borky, and uh, it is good to be with you. Hey, looking good, JP says. Can't go wrong with black and gold. Yeah, I had to drop that in there. I had to do it. Uh, bring in Saints colors. The uh, I, you know, I'm sure I'm going to have to tweak this uh, overlay a couple of times before it's all said and done. But I kind of like this. I, I think that we're. I think we're going to stick with this. Looks pretty good uh my neither my wife nor myself are graphic designers but we have a little app and you know we tried our best so uh we'll, we'll see how uh how this sticks but uh, this is an interesting week so eight new coaches essentially will be speaking this year think about that that's hard to believe 14 teams in the league eight first time coaches at SEC media days Mike leach and lane kiffin obviously last year didn't get to go make their rounds in Hoover uh, either did Eli Drinkwitz or Sam Pittman. And now you've got four more new coaches with Brian Harson and Shane Beamer. And it, it's, there's eight in total new coaches at SEC media days. I am most looking forward to hearing Mike Leach talk because I think that the people there will, you know, kind of get him going on stuff that is unrelated to football. At least I would hope so. Um, But, yeah, eight new coaches this year. It's going to be a weird feeling with all of that turnover and all those new faces, a bunch of guys that have never done it before uh, being there for the first time. I am most looking forward to, and he speaks today at some point. I don't know. I'm not there. um, Greg Sankey. That's weird to say. Usually he's so boring and just he doesn't say a whole lot. And it's really just kind of when he's talking, you're. it's very easy to tune him out, right? Because he really just talks in just coach speak. He has mastered, Greg Sankey has, the art of talking while saying nothing at all. It's incredible, really, what Greg Sankey is able to do or what he's able to not say with a bunch of words. It's really remarkable how good he is at it. But this year in particular, I'm especially interested in what he has to say for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, the SEC, in partnership with the Big 12 and the ACC, effectively saved football last year, college football anyway. Uh, Without Greg Sankey and then without the ACC and the Big 12, we don't play football last year. It could have been very easy in his position to fold like the Big 10 and the Pac-12 did. That would have been the safe safe approach, not talking about – medically, but the, in a position of leadership, that would have been the safe approach. And a lot of people and businesses would have failed as a result. He saved college football, or at least was part, a major part of saving college football last year. If not for the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC, nobody plays last year except for the NFL. I want to hear from him specifically about what they're doing going into this season, what this season is going to look like. I want to hear from him today. And I, I don't think I've ever said that I want to hear from Greg Sankey before in my life because he never says anything at all. I want to hear from him today because what are the COVID plans for this season? What are the testing protocols? What are the – um the thresholds you know what what is going to be the rules this season what is going into this season Uh, because I'm sure you guys have watched the news and you've seen that case numbers are going up I think it was Friday of last week or Thursday of last week where every state had rising case numbers they're still very small and the shot is readily available it was not last year that changes things but what uh, is it for the SEC this year because Multiple people have reported that the league will not postpone games. The league will not reschedule games. If you cannot play, you forfeit the game. It's really going to be that simple this year. Will that be the same for the SEC? I want to hear that from Greg Sankey. Is the SEC taking that approach? Are they going to not work with teams and postpone games or reschedule games? Is that even an option? Is it going to be similar to the NFL where if 85% of the team has gotten the vaccine, do they have to get tested? That answer should be no, but I would love to hear that from the SEC. I am most looking forward to this week hearing from him talking plans, thresholds, all that stuff, because I want to know how normal this season is actually going to be. Everybody's talking about, well, can't wait to get football back. We're all back to normal, but, but are we, and if not, What is it going to look like? And so he'll speak here uh, in in a few hours. Uh, If it's like years past, he'll speak in a few hours. And uh, hopefully we'll answer all of those questions. And hopefully the people in the room will ask those questions. Are you going to be testing vaccinated athletes? If so, why? If a team has a certain number of players that have gotten it, will that team be tested? What will they be subjected to? What will it look like in the stands? All these schools have announced that they're going to have 100% capacity. Is that something that you and the league office support? That That's the most interesting thing happening this week. And I know people are sick of talking about it. But I think everybody's just kind of assumed that this is going to be a normal season. I wouldn't be so quick to assume that. It, it's It possibly may not be. So I want to hear it from him. Will it be? Will this season be normal? How much? So we'll find out later today. And then, of course, officiating. That's something that's not near as important as making sure the season goes off without a hitch or hopefully uh, without a hitch. But uh, officiating. You had multiple games last season that were lost because of preventable officiating errors. What are you doing about that? Why did replay at multiple points last year get Replay calls, incorrect. Why did that happen, and what are you doing to fix it? That's another thing I want to hear uh, from Greg Sankey today. So COVID protocols, all that stuff, how normal will this season be? Do you have any teams that have met that threshold? That's another question. The NFL's only got a, a handful. I think it's less than 10, fewer than 10 teams that have actually reached that threshold, the Saints being one of those teams. Well, how many in the SEC have done that or have any done that? So really interesting stuff. And again, it it bores people to tears. I'm sure you guys are sick of talking about it at this point. I am certainly, but that's the most interesting thing to me happening today and really all week is Greg Sankey today, taking the podium, what he is saying and what the things are going to be this season. Uh, How normal will it be? So that is what I'm, I'm most interested in today. I've seen a lot of people and heard from a lot of people talking about how they can't wait to hear from Lane Kiffen. And, you know, maybe it's different this year. He's a funny and a witty guy and all that. This kind of setting, though, he doesn't like it. I mean, I don't know him. He hasn't told me that, but I think you can tell that he doesn't really like it. I wouldn't be shocked at all if tomorrow Lane Kiffin bores everybody to tears. Um, he's more dynamic like in one-on-one situations, like when he goes on the Dan Patrick show or something like that uh, or, or like on social media, but like the big ballroom setting with a bunch of uh, you know, reporters out there asking him the same old questions. He he won't be like this electric factory that a lot of people are hoping he will be. That's never really been him. That's not his style. So, you know, I had, was talking to somebody yesterday, like, Oh man, I can't wait to hear Kiffin talk. And I said, well, you, you can, <laughs> I promise. Uh, that's just not really where he shines. It's not his best setting. So anyway, um, some comments here. By the way, if you want to uh, comment, you can. Uh, I, I guess the software has updated because I didn't make this change. Um, comments look a little different, but that's okay. I, I mean, I didn't do this, so I don't know what's going on here. But that's okay. I mean, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's It's just different, and I don't know why. I did I don't know. Um but if you want to be a part, you can drop a comment and I can display it on the screen just like JP's right there. Also, while you're here, if you're a first-time watcher, uh, there's many ways that you can watch and listen to this. So Mike in the morning, right there. I gotta get used to where the position of these things are, gets uploaded in podcast form every day. So just search Mike in the morning wherever you get your podcast and subscribe to the podcast. And if you don't mind, uh, leave a rating and a review. And also, this gets broadcast on YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook. So YouTube is is where I want most of you to go. Uh, so subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's free. Subscribe to me on YouTube right there. Just search my name and uh, like the video if you like what you hear. That would help me a ton. And welcome. Glad you guys are with me on uh, on this rainy, miserable Monday. But it is the unofficial start of college football season. So, glad you guys are with me. JP says eight new coaches and players nobody will have original questions for. You would think Ohio State players saved it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know there is so much there is such a lack of creativity at events like this and it's kind of intimidating too. So if you're not like a strong personality or or you haven't, you know, been in these settings a lot, it can get kind of intimidating. When you're in a room full of a few hundred people, and there's a coach up on the stage, and the SEC Network cameras are on you, and you have to ask a question to this big ballroom, I, I can see how that gets intimidating for some. So you may not get the best questions you've ever seen, uh, just because. Uh, I mean, I know it's their job, and you know, suck it up and ask the question like a like a real reporter, but it can get kind of intimidating in that room. Just walking around, it's like, Damn it's it's big in here. <laughs> so I can see where the questions are, aren't aren't very thorough. Uh, if you listen to the Sunday show yesterday, the last one, um, you know, there's that false deal with Kiffin floating around. And it, if somebody asks him about that, they should have their credentials pulled and kicked out of the event uh, without a doubt. But, yeah, they're going to make like the Big 12, J.P. says, and forfeit if teams can't make numbers. Um, Oh, he's asking. Sorry. I, it's really small on the screen now. I can't read it. Uh, yeah, they will. That's uh, that's at least the, the line of thinking. We'll Again, we'll hear from Sankey today on uh, whether or not that's accurate. But yeah, that's, that's the thinking right now, is that if a team cannot play, that's too bad. Sorry. Uh, because I expect it to be a situation where if you reach a certain threshold, they won't be testing you anymore. That's how it should be anyway. If you have a roster full of guys that have gotten the shot, they don't need to be tested. That, that's, that's really just how it should go. And so I expect that to be the case here for sure. Um, yeah, our Kansas still hasn't forgotten Auburn. SEC's got to do better. I agree with you. And Chuck just gives us a good old hail state. Well, thanks, Chuck. Glad, to, glad you're with me. You've got LSU, Florida, and South Carolina today. I was watching a little bit. Of, uh, of T-Bob's show this morning live uh, from Radio Row, and he said South Carolina has big third-wheel energy today. <laughs> and that made me laugh because he's not wrong. I mean, you've got Sankey talking about the important stuff and then Ed Ogeron going into an extremely important year for him. I mean, this is a massive year. Uh, if you have media there that actually is going to af- ask the tough questions, he's going to be asked some stuff today about – Another year of coaching staff turnover, a lot of questions about quarterback and expectations and scandal. Again, if they're doing their job, they're going to ask about scandal. Uh, so you got all that, and it's you know it's LSU, and then Dan Mullen in Florida. Most people think they're going to be the second best team in the East. Florida's always a big draw, big time. You know, name program replacing a quarterback. You know, can you compete? Is this the year? All that stuff, and then here's Shane. Jane Beamer, you know, just kind of kind of out there, uh, with all due respect to uh, the hometown Gamecocks. Nobody there is going to care <laughs> at all about South Carolina today with Mullen and Orgeron there, but um, it's a good start today, I think, yeah, Kiffins tomorrow leach is Wednesday. Uh, do you guys get excited about this this week? I've often wondered that. I know media people, as they should get excited about this, because it's the middle of the summer. We're still, you know, 40, depending on when you actually call the start of the football season. We're 40-ish days away from the start of the college football season. Uh Media people love it because it's just free content, you know? I mean, just quotes and interviews, and it's just free content for a few days in the middle of the summer. So we like it, but do you guys care? I mean, that that'll be... Maybe one of the poll questions today on the radio show, but but do you guys care about this event at all? I mean, are you interested? Do you do you watch every interview? Do you, how much are you engaged in Orgeron, Mullen, and Shane Beamer's rounds today? How much are you interested in Greg Sankey's interview interviews today? Um, I think we may like it more than you guys. <laughs> Just, uh, just being honest here. But I, as far as what we can hear this week, aside from Greg Sankey, uh, and, and we'll talk more about it tomorrow and in Wednesday when Kiffin and Leach are actually making their rounds. But like, if I had to ask Ed Ogeron one thing, um, you know, the generic question is going to be about quarterbacks, and he's not going to answer it because why would he? But um, have distractions seeped into your locker room with all this stuff going on. Are are you guys distracted for Dan Mullen? it's, is this team poised today to beat Georgia? Are you guys ready now? Stuff like that. Craig says he'll watch the cliff notes of the day and you might have it on in the background noise, but I'm not locked in on it. I feel like that's how most people are. I mean, you know, there's not a Hugh Freeze walking around here this week. Maybe Orgeron falls into that category. That's interesting, actually. Um, I wish I could tell you, you know, not being there. I don't know what the vibe is like, but I wonder if Orgeron this year has a similar energy to that of uh, Hugh Freeze, you know, just a couple weeks before he got canned. Uh, there was a weird feeling around him there. Now, it was a little bit different because most people like knew there was some kind of story that was going to drop and it was just a matter of time. And that's why he got up on the stage and filibustered. Um, people were laughing in the crowd because they knew exactly what he was doing. He didn't want to take a single question. And then when questions were given out, a guy wearing Ole Miss gear at media days asked him about his kicking competition or whatever. The whole thing was a joke, but people were laughing because they knew what he was doing. He did not did not want to field a single question uh, at all and he successfully filibustered SEC media days. But there was always this weird feeling uh, around him being there. Like you kind of knew it was the end, like he was a dead man walking, but you didn't know when or how or why. To a lesser degree, I wonder if if Orgeron is going to have that same feeling. Because if it doesn't go well, if it doesn't go well right away this season, like if they lose to UCLA and then there's another loss to like Mississippi State mixed in there and they're not competitive, I think it's it. I think think it's over. Um, And then, of course, you have scandal on top of it. So it's not just like, hey, there's a coach that needs to win. It's like, hey, there's a coach that's got stuff. Around his program right now. Maybe you've got you've got that feeling. We'll find out today. JP says he's not going to watch live. He trusts people like me. I don't know why you do that. <laughs> to bring the high points. This does mark the unofficial start of the endless loop of last year's games and spring games on the SEC network. Um have you seen how the Conference USA is doing their version of Media Days? I have not. Let me uh, let me pull that up real quick. I have not seen what they're doing. Bird, they're still doing it. No, okay. So that's a link from last year. How are they doing it? Okay, here we go. Underdog Dynasty. They do a good job, by the way, of uh, of covering the smaller schools. Underdog Dynasty is what it's called. It's a branch of the, of SB Nation. Um, Conference USA skips out on hosting a traditional media days. What are they doing? Let's see. Conference USA announced that rather than holding their traditional football media days, the conference will instead hold a Zoom event on July 22, 21st and 22nd as a substitute. Oh, boy. That's not good. That's not good at all. Um, here's the thing about Zoom events. Nobody watches. Nobody really watches anyway. But if you want to guarantee that your event has no real media coverage that doesn't make any buzz anywhere at all, hold it on Zoom. That's how, I mean, you can guarantee, you can guarantee that nobody's going to care at all about Conference USA Media Days because it's on Zoom. Instead of having reporters there and displays with uniforms and players that, Nobody is loose on Zoom. I mean, nobody. Nobody's real personality comes out on Zoom. Fewer reporters are going to show up. Nobody's going to ask questions. The best part about events like this is the one-off conversations where you've just got one reporter and a player, and that's where the real stories come, and that's where the viral moments come, and all that is when you're there in person. No buzz at all is going to be generated on Zoom. It just, it doesn't go down like that. It never will. Randall says, this week is uh, about great theater. Randall likes it. Love the different personalities. I appreciate that. Uh, I like it. You know, it, being there would would be great. Um, I would much prefer that, but I'll still consume everything. I mean, I, I like it. I do. It's uh, talking season is kind of fun. If you get the the people to ask the right questions, this can be fun. And you do learn some about these teams. I mean, a lot of guys go up there and coach speak to death, but there are things that you can learn about these teams throughout the week, I think. How well do you think old Miss How well do you think old Miss takes it if Arch Manning signs with another school? Will it be on the same level as Peyton choosing Tennessee? Oh man, I have tried my hardest to avoid Arch Manning recruiting content uh because it's just all so um, how do I describe it? It's all a bunch of crap, honestly. There are some people that are able to write about him and like do it with a nuanced way, but he hasn't even played his junior season yet. And I mean, you've got people talking about leaders which he's never given. Um, you've got people talking about what coach the Manning family likes and what coach they don't like. And it's all just – it's all – in the absence of real information, there's a lot of filling of the gaps where people that don't really know will just write stuff and say stuff because they have to fill the void. People want to know where where the next Manning is going and when nobody really knows for sure, when he hasn't released a top five, when he's taking a bunch of visits and, you know – I can't stand it. I don't like it. I don't like talking about it at this point. Because you, you get so much of, of stuff like this. You get people. I've heard people say that the Mannings don't like Lane Kiffin. That Archie Manning hates Lane Kiffin. I've heard that. People say that as if it's true. Well, that's not. That's not the case. He might not be his favorite coach in college football or whatever, but that's that's not true. I Whoever says... Archie doesn't like Lane, hates Lane, will not let Arch play for Lane as if Grandpa has the final say, uh, that's that's just inaccurate. That also doesn't mean he's going there, but the, the narrative that's out there that the Mannings hate Lane Kiffin, that's, that's inaccurate. Or I've heard – can you believe this? I have seen somebody that gets paid to talk about sports suggest that Lane leaving Tennessee – has made Peyton mad, and that's why Arch will not go to Old Miss because Peyton doesn't like the way Lane treated Tennessee. Like there are people that actually believe that to be the case. There are people that think that the the family doesn't like Kiffin because of off the field stuff, but yet they love Sarkeesian at Texas. I mean it's all a bunch of crap. Uh there are people that think that Old Miss is not a player. They certainly are. Kid grew up going to Oxford. He's very familiar with the place. He's visiting here in like 10 days. They're a real player. There are people that think that Ole Miss is a lock to sign him. Those people are also crazy. He just finished his sophomore year of high school. There is so much more that is going to happen before a decision is made. There's going to be multiple, more visits to all of these schools. I I would bet he goes back to Clemson, Texas, Ole Miss, Virginia. I bet he goes back to all of those places. I would be shocked if he didn't. Uh, There will be a a full football season that he has to play. There will be a full season that he will watch. So much between now and when the decision is made is going to happen. That talking about a leader, talking about who the family likes and who they don't like and all that stuff, all of it is premature and not something that I'm going to entertain very much, to tell you the truth. Uh, The meltdown will be insane, though. I mean, it'll be nuts. People will will lose their mind, but – there's There's a lot of things that happen between now and then that uh, make me reluctant to to talk about it, even I just uh, I think so much of it is so bad and it's just filling gaps with information that isn't there. But the narrative that the family doesn't like doesn't like Lane or they, they think his off the field issues are a problem. But yet those same people that say that the family thinks that he's got off the field problems, the same people say that also believe that Texas is the favorite. I mean, so it's all it's all ridiculous. Um, it's it all. Co- anyway, I, I, I'm going to move on, uh, Patrick. I, I, I didn't mean to, to shoot you down there. I'm sorry if I, that that came out as condescending. I just there is so much bad out there in terms of information and, and content regarding this kid that it frustrates me because it's almost all wrong. Almost all wrong. Ole Miss fans that say he's a lock to Ole Miss. No, he's not. People that say Ole Miss isn't a factor. That's not true. People say the family hates Lane Kiffin. That's not true. It's all, it's all just a bunch of crap. And I, uh, I can't stand it. So, sorry. I, I, I really hope you don't think I was being condescending towards you. I'm sorry if, if that came off that way. Um, JP says, I'm interested to see if a whack job does bring up the Clarion-Ledger and their clickbait. Hopefully it's a media member condemning the garbage, calling it an abomination of journalism that it truly is. Uh, Nobody should ask that at all, even if it's referencing the Clarion-Ledger or anything. Nobody at all should ask Lane Kiffin about that. Nobody. Uh, That that would be shameful, honestly, to, uh, to ask him in that setting about that. Uh, that would be really bad. That would be really bad. Randall says, Arch just needs to play football and let the recruiting process develop after his junior year. See, and that's the the funny part about this whole recruitment is he says nothing. The family says nothing. I mean, that that's the funny part is there's all this information, but the family doesn't say anything at all. Either does he they're keeping everything really close to themselves as they should. I mean, the passing Academy is going on right now and all the quotes are, you know, Eli, yeah, the program's looking good. And, you know, I'm going to kind of stay out of this and let him go through the process. And like, that's all they say is, yeah, you know, we're just letting him do his visits and all that. They say nothing. Uh, that's, uh, it's funny. John, and they are, I mean, that's the thing. They are. It's the, the, That's why the talking point of, well, Peyton doesn't like this, that's silly because Peyton's not influencing the decision. He's not asking Uncle P where he should go. He's making the call, and they're going to let him do that. That's why the whole thing is ridiculous. Too much hype, one of you says, for a 16-year-old player. It doesn't matter who the family is. Have you seen him throw? (laughs) I mean, kids got it. He's got it. Whatever it is, he's got it. Um, and it's the last name. I mean, that's that's mostly what it is. It's it's the last name. That name gets clicks, regardless of what the content is. And when it comes to recruiting, and when you can throw in a bunch of blue blood schools and visit dates and all that for a guy with that last name, gets clicks. It uh, It gets clicks. So. JP says, I wouldn't be surprised, though, talking about Kiffin getting asked that question. People don't know how to act and are always looking for something viral to spin into content. Agree, it shouldn't be brought up. You know what? Now that you say that, there might be somebody there that would be stupid enough to ask such a ridiculous question. But I just I hope that's not the case with the limited access this year. You know, maybe some of those kind of people have been weeded out. So, uh So we'll see. But anyway, this was um, kind of all over the place this morning. I appreciate you guys hanging on. But I am really interested to hear from Sankey. And I've never said that, and I'll never say that again. But I'm really interested to hear from Sankey today. Things pick up around here tomorrow and Wednesday with Kiffin and Leach making their rounds. They're both in the afternoon. So Wednesday morning, we'll talk about what Kiffin said. Thursday morning, we'll talk about what Leach said. And tomorrow, uh, really going to focus on everything that Sankey lays out uh, today. And if there's anything else uh, that comes up throughout the day, of course, we'll talk about it with you uh, tomorrow. Also, shout out Colin Morikawa. He was special, just special this week. The future of American golf is in great hands. Uh, And his post, my my wife even pointed this out. She watched his uh, post-win interview. And you want to talk about a well put together, smart, articulate, uh, very solid kid. Cause he's he's 24. He's you know, you can still call him a kid. He's young, second major. Uh, the future of American golf with him and speed looks like he's back into form. And Justin Thomas and Brooks, and even Bryson, Brooks and Bryson, both of them, and now Colin Morikawa playing the way he is, how solid he is. Uh, the future of American golf is in great hands. And I was really impressed by him yesterday. I like him a lot. I think he's a good kid. Uh, his interview on Pardon My Take was great. Uh, he's real laid back and, and smart and, and cool. And anyway, if you're looking for an American to root for, Colin Morikawa is that guy. I mean, he's awesome. And he was really good yesterday. So shout out to him. Uh, the Bucks are going to win the NBA championship. Uh, that will – I think that will end tomorrow, personally. I think that will end tomorrow. But anyway – I'll be locked into everything that's going on with Media Days this week. And uh, we'll bring it to you every morning, 8 a.m.-ish, right here. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Find me on YouTube. Uh, Follow on Twitter and Facebook. And subscribe to the podcast, Mike, in the morning. Wherever you get your podcast, you can find it there. Thank you guys for being a part, as you always are. How many days until football season? Hold on. i got to do this before we go. How many days until August 28th? 40. We are 40 days away from week zero, 40 days and two days, I think, or one day from the start of NFL training camp for the Cowboys. Uh, We'll get to see video and stuff of a healthy Dak Prescott getting ready for a season. He won't play in the Hall of Fame game because why would he? But you're going to get to see Dak practice videos here in like two days of him healthy, running the offense and the Steelers also. Uh, Everybody else starts in like 10 days. So good stuff. Really good stuff coming. Um. Yes, joined Tiger and Elite Company under the age of 25. Yeah, he's special. He's really special. Uh, and was just solid all week. And You know what's so stupid is the narrative yesterday that some said that, well, he only won because the weather was good. You know, it, if the weather was bad, it would have changed things because he's not used to it. I, he, didn't he play on the same golf course in the same weather as everybody else? I think that's always the, the dumbest narrative that comes from the open. Well, it— Morikawa may not have won if the weather was different well he won when everybody was playing under the same conditions everybody played the course the same way and he was the best so if maybe it was raining a little bit and everybody played in the same conditions why would he still not be the best he was very clearly very clearly the best player this week it's inarguable the best player this week So why are you trying to tell me that the weather was the reason why? Get out of here. The kid's a star. Uh, And I can't wait to keep watching. So um, 40 days until the start of college football. So thank you guys so much. I'll be back tomorrow, 8 a.m. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you then. Have a good one.